Hello and welcome to the Just Automated podcast. My name is Callum Donnelly. I am the, the host of the Just Automated podcast, a podcast brought to you by Whaley. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing and having a discussion with Mihai Fagadar Kozma, who is our Chief Technology Officer for EMEA. And uh, Mihai is a great guy. He's our resident telecoms expert, I would say, within the company, and along with expertise and generally everything that I usually ask Mihai about. He's kind of like the guy I'd go to for a lot of my, what do I do here? How do I fix this? So Mihai, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast and maybe introduce yourself and say hello to the to the happy listeners out there. All right. Thank you so much, Callum. It's a pleasure to be here as well. My first podcast, actually, so quite nervous about it. But thanks for the for the good intro. Well, what can I say about myself? I'm, I'm currently the, the CTO of EMEA region for Waylay, and I'm basically involved in the company's telecommunication strategy. Well, the fact that, that I have worked before for companies like Alcatel, Lucent, and Nokia is definitely helpful because it's, it exposed me to this world of telecommunication and especially what it means to automate in the telecommunication sector. Having worked priorly for, for network service automation, network service orchestration, and 5G network slicing. So all of those rely heavily on automation. And Wayla is an automation platform. So, of course, it makes good sense to use Wayla for this type of, of operations and actually to empower CSPs to automate in a way that is faster and more flexible and brings better value for them. Yeah. Okay. Also, with this, I mean, kind of the kind of the pretext to this conversation is that you recently wrote a blog, Digital Transformation Within the OSS BSS Space, and a really, really interesting blog, listened to it and read it as well, because we also have a, a listening feature, by the way, for anyone listening that you can also press play, and there's also multiple languages you can also pick from. So it's a pretty cool feature. I use it quite a lot. But from doing a little bit of looking at the at the blog and also looking at, uh, you know, other things around the OSS BSS space. I mean, for maybe people who aren't maybe aware of what the OSS BSS is, you know, for, for me, who's a non kind of telecoms person, my view of it was it's kind of like, maybe you can help me here. It's what I learned was kind of like the heart of a carrier, or kind of like the heart of a telco it kind of runs the OSS and the BSS are kind of so intrinsically important to the everyday running and the long term running of, uh, of a carrier. So maybe can you maybe give a little bit of a an insight into like what the difference is between an OSS and a BSS for you know the more advanced listener and maybe the more the person who's maybe a beginner like myself. Yeah, definitely. So so they are like you said the the heart of the system because everyday operations are basically supported by the OSS, its operation support system, right? While the BSS is more like the product uh, business facing arm of the of the uh, operations, which is the, the the business support system. So together, they are always referred like OSS slash BSS or BOSS or uh, OBSS or stuff like that, because they work together. So on one end, uh, you expose a certain product offering to your customers, but then as your customers do ordering of those products and uh, and uh, they, they maybe extend their orders or modify their orders, you always have to basically propagate those changes back into the networks that you're managing. And that's, that propagation will actually go through the OSS. So, so as a result, you always have like the, the, the communication between the BSS, the OSS, and then the communication between the OSS and the network elements or the network management systems or the domain controllers that you actually have in your network, which 
take care of the technical aspects of, of configuring your network and, and basically supporting your day-to-day -day operations over there. So it is a core and it's, it's, it's in charge of, of, of a very significant function. And because of that, the OSS BSS is also uh, seen as, uh, you know, um, you don't change it that easily or that often because, um, okay, you roll out a new, a new product or a new service for your customers, then, okay, you have to touch it. But traditionally, once uh, a network was put in place, once the services were put in place on top of that, the OSS BSS remained pretty stable and, you know, untouched until a new product or a new service would be put into, into operation. Yeah. So, so it's, um, yeah, it's a core system. Is this why I see the word legacy used an awful lot? Well, yes. And, uh, by no means, uh, so, so sometimes people think about legacy as, as, as a bad thing, right? Uh, it's not a bad thing. It's actually, okay. uh, it's actually a normal situation, right? So a network is a, is a large investment. Mm -hmm. And as a result, right, especially in the past, and, and by the past, I'm not talking uh, many years ago, let's say maybe 10, 15, right, you would set up a network, you would set up a set of services that you offer to your customers, and then you would keep on operating that network for an amount of years, right? Uh, think about it when we first had uh, 2G, right, and we had, uh, we had uh, voice services over 2G, we had OSS back then as well. And in principle, uh, you would have your 2G network set up, you would have the basic uh, voice services that you provide to your subscribers, and then the OSS would keep on running the network for years in a row. And then, of course, you do network densification, extension, uh, radio network planning operations and whatnot, but, but the OSS would remain fairly the same. And there were very good products at, at, at the time, right, which were, which were designed to to do a job very well. So to manage, for example, a 2G network and later on a 3G network and a 4G network and so on, or a fixed network like uh, DSL access and so on. And uh, the thing is that, uh, okay, uh, after a few years, technology advances, especially in software, but there was no incentive, right, to, to change those systems uh, or, to, or to keep them up to date with the latest trends because they were a big upfront investment for the operators and, uh, okay, that is an investment. It has to bring an ROI and, and uh, you have to keep it running. And of course, after a few years, it becomes legacy because new modern systems become available. But then, okay, the incentive for change is is not there yet, right? Because so you can still keep on. The yeah, they are perfectly adequate for what you have already, right? Yeah. So, but that makes them ultimately a legacy system. So so it's a, it's a normal phase, right? So that you, it will become legacy after a few years in operation yeah. because new ones become available and technology advances. Exactly. And with that, since they are perfectly adequate and they might be referred to as legacy, but does that, within this whole BSS, OSS space, does that have any impact on companies implementing or if they plan to implement um, digital transformation as you kind of discussed yes. in, your, in your blog? So this is where we get into the kind of the, the meaty bits where the where the issues might come about, is it? Or indeed, indeed. So this is this is the part, and especially in the last year, we uh, last years we've been talking a lot about digital transformation. And uh, okay, digital transformation brings a certain element of flexibility, a certain element of uh, agility that you need to have in your network. And and uh, this is where the legacy, let's say, has the 
has the bad side of it, if you want to talk about it in, in those terms, because it, it prevents you from, from rolling out new services or, let's say, adopting new technologies in a, in a way that is very, very fast, right? So enter today's world, we talk about 5G, we talk about 5G slicing, we talk about a lot of standards that are expected from, a, from an OSS, BSS, and basically the orchestration stack that, that operates those, uh, those functions to, to, to support. Also, we talk about the transition, right, from what was before like physical hardware boxes into a, into a completely virtualized, containerized network function. So, so we ditch the custom hardware, okay, that has already been happening like from the 4G and LTE networks onward. And we, we go more and more into virtualized network elements. So, so then from the OSS BSS, there is a new angle that is being exposed, which is the data center. And then you have to operate on the data center. And you, you all also blurry a bit the aspects uh, between the, the network engineering part and the IT part of the network before, before those were very well uh, separate you know, with clearly defined boundaries between them. But now we see that, that elements from the, from the IT world start to, start to uh, become more and more prominent in the network engineering part, and the network engineering part is more exposed to the, to the IT systems that operate the network. So the, the lines become blurrier now with the new technologies. And that's where the legacy systems do not offer, let's say, the, the flexibility that you need as an operator to move to this new paradigm okay okay if we're talking about flexibility how would a network operator need to enhance their network to like what's coming next what are they kind of planning for in, in a way well uh so so again let's uh, let's start a bit with the view from the past so in the past when you were introducing a new service you would look at your at your oss bss ecosystem identify the systems that might or the components that might need upgrading and then roll out what were usually very expensive uh, projects and also lengthy projects of, of expanding those components, modernizing them, eventually swapping them, because you have to deal with new inventory elements, you have to deal with new interfaces, new standards that have to be implemented, new products that you actually expose to your customers, even, even as self-service, uh, things that they can order themselves, right? Mm -hmm. You also talk about faster rollout times. So, so what was pre previously, uh, let's say, acceptable to be rolled out, let's just give an example, in a week, right? The customer expects that it will be rolled out in a, in a day or an hour or in, in minutes. So, so obviously, you need to have this type of, of flexibility and agility to, to support this kind of needs, right? And also to, to, to create a sort of a brand loyalty in your customers and retain your customers and so on. Customers so, love this done quickly. I know, I, I know the feeling. <laughs> everybody, your customers, and especially if we talk about business customers, will have the same, the same needs of digital transformation as you as the CSP. So they, they, they also have their own digital transformation initiatives, and those also imply a faster execution time and everything. So they will obviously request the same thing from you as a, as a CSP to provide. And, and because of that, uh, uh, now, now, what is the challenge? Uh, so the challenge is to move from the model that, that was supported by this lengthy project, right? And it was pretty much implemented in all OSS, BSS uh, systems to move to this model that allows me as a CSP, right? 
to immediately be able to create new flows, new end-to-end flows in my systems, to, to define new services, ideally through intents and not necessarily through code. And, and basically, uh, by that, rely on my own capabilities, uh, internal capabilities to define the services or to extend existing ones. While previously, it was pretty much acceptable to, to subcontract the activities to somebody else and to support this kind of lengthy project. Well, today, that might be the case for very big investments or very or new technologies that are being introduced, but, uh, but when it comes to, to, to existing ones or when it comes to let's say, introducing quickly a new service because, okay, of the market requirements and competition and so on, CSPs would like to have now this capability more and more in-house. So this is, uh, this is where, the, where the whole transition is going, to having systems that support this type of uh, approach. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get you. So from, let's see if we can talk about Waylay for a little bit. So with what Whaley offers, I mean, we're a very, very flexible company. We, uh, we're kind of a hyper-automation. We kind of bring this automation OS kind of level where we also do it in low-code, so very, very quick, very, very easy. Um, and with this digital transformation within the telco sector, is it that companies will need to essentially purchase new OSS, BSS systems, or is it down to that they kind of continue with these legacy systems, which are very, very sufficient, but might not have the the same capabilities due to their, their aging nature. Is there a way that Waylay can essentially bring the, these enhanced capabilities to these telco providers without having to expend huge resources on you know, team, financial resources, things like that? Yeah, that's actually where we come in, I would say. And um, again, let's, let's discuss a bit what are the, the options for a CSP that wants to modernize and do the digital transformation. One approach, which we have seen in the market also previously, is to revamp your OSS BSS stack. So let's say you select new vendors, you select the latest versions, and then you do a lengthy and usually costly migration procedure uh, such that in the end, at the end of that migration, you will be able to, to, to create your new services and, and roll out your, uh, your new products to, for, your, uh, for your subscribers. Now, of course, uh, this, uh, again, as I said, is a costly operation. In the end, you will have maybe a better integrated system, but it will take a long time before you are actually able to roll out the new things and new services. So the time to market is definitely longer. What we propose with Whaley, and taking into account that Whaley is a horizontal automation platform or an automation OS, uh, as, as our CEO referred to it, uh, basically, uh, we propose adding the automation capability to your existing stack. So, so seeing Waylay as a, as a companion to your OSS BSS system and your OSS BSS components, rather than a replacement or a, or something that would that would swap those systems with with something new, which happens in the in the case we we discussed previously. So Waylay would come up as 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 a sidecar, if you want, to your to your OSS uh, BSS stack, uh, enable you to consume the APIs or the data or whatever it is exposed by the components that you already have there, and using indeed new technologies uh, and, and new approaches like low code, for example, to define graphically the flows that bind those systems together, and those are automated flows because we talk here about automation primarily 
would, would serve for provisioning, would serve for assurance, would be able, because of the horizontal nature of the Waylay platform, to address, address multiple domains uh, that your OSS BSS covers. So, for example, you could implement flows, end-to-end -end flows that deal with SD-WAN, for example, provisioning assurance. Imagine you provision a site, you provision new, a new VPN, you change the topology, for example, of your, of your network. We can talk about... Um, Flows that manage 5G slicing, right? Either in in the core or in the or in the radio, and you can have different flows. Flows that, for example, select the location of the of your user plane function in the closest data center to the user, right? Depending on the on the type of slice that you're deploying, and things like that 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 allow you to really. I would I would even make a parallel here with with intents almost because the the visual representation of of a Wayle rule can be seen like the intent it actually describes what you want to do and then of course those blocks that you use in order to define the flow will ultimately communicate with the APIs of your of your systems and 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 be able to translate the flow into actual concrete operations on those systems and then the advantage is that Wayle will not have to, uh, will leave, for example, those systems to keep their own source of truth, federated inventories and everything, and we will just consume the data from where it actually resides, from the owner of the data, from the component that owns it. And we will uh, use, as I said, these APIs and, and data to, to, to do the necessary computations, do the necessary transformations, do the necessary API calls and and, and Basically, sequence of operations in order, as defined by your subject matter experts, in order to do the provisioning or the assurance of uh, particular use cases. Okay, so I know that I'm just going to move on to another topic here, and this is more of a a longer term view. And I know that we can't exactly predict the future. I mean, we'd love to, but we can't. <laughs> but um, Within this digital transformation space within the telco, within the telco area, where where would you kind of see it by twenty thirty? Do you have any kind of predictions? Do you have any views that what what telcos might achieve, where they might come under, and essentially where you think Wayley might be a bit in that part, or like how we might think that we could be a part of that digital transformation journey? Yeah, well, I could say that I have a dream, you know, <laughs> but. Uh... The thing is, uh, if we looked at today's technology, and uh, let's just take the mobile networks, we have we are now talking about 5G, but already 6G is in the making. So we see that there's also a, a sort of a, of a faster approach, heavily reliant on automation, and that heavy reliance on automation will ultimately, well, I would say, force CSPs to embrace it. In, in all the aspects of their operation. So what used to be acceptable in the future, in the past, let's say as a manual operation or a manual intervention, will have to be automated, uh, you know, uh, and in the, in the near future, even I would say, because uh, the CSPs are also entering the IoT world. In the IoT world, you have hundreds of thousands of devices that you need to manage. Manual intervention becomes humanly unfeasible because you, you will need to rely more and more on systems doing their job. So what will then the people that, that previously uh, managed OSS BSS do? Well, they will still be the subject matter experts. They will still be the people that will operate the OSS, that will define the flows, but their role will be more into 
defining the automation, uh, monitoring the automation, and in case the automation does not behave properly to basically adapt the automation, adjust the automation such that it covers all the necessary needs such that they have the, the, the let's say the forecasted success rates and that the customers are ultimately happy. So there is definitely room for the subject matter experts that we have today to, to let's say, be empowered to tackle automation more. And that's, that's what I see happening in a CSP, uh, in any CSP over the next, uh, let's say, three to five or maybe three to 10 years, if we want to talk longer term, having their, their own people, empowering them to do, to do the automation themselves on top of the OSSPSS, not necessarily having to rely on external parties to do that for them, but, but really taking control of the network moving from from a, from an approach where everything was you know risk adverse to an approach where uh, they embrace the risks they make the common case fast and then they continuously refine their automation strategies such that it covers all the necessary corner cases and all the necessary use cases up to the point where the network operates on its own right of course under the under the supervision and guidance of of the subject matter experts that we have today so this is this is uh, this is let's say the dream, right? Mm -hmm. Now where where Whaley uh, can help is by offering these subject matter experts the tools to do that and to do that comfortable, uh, comfortably, <laughs> because uh, they uh, they need to to be sure that when they they make these changes, right, that they, there are the means to validate them, that there are the means to ensure that they work properly and that they are, can be easily rolled out into, into production. So with Whaley, we aim to, to make the, the, the way you define automation as easy as possible as a, and as uh, uh, not only fluid, but easy to grasp um, way and, and um, really, really offer them the confidence to build an automation-driven culture in the OSSBSS world, because that's pretty much what we are offering in terms of, uh, of value. We we offer uh, any of our customers, not only the telco ones, but also in the other industries, the capability to automate fast, to automate with credibility, and basically to to empower their people to take automation control of the automation uh, implementation and the automation strategy ultimately. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. I mean, I know what you what you've just discussed there is that you say it is you you see it as a dream for the telco space, but I think that as well as a kind of a horizontal platform, I think that 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 dream is often achieved in in other sectors that we work in. So I think that it's totally achievable, and I think uh, I'll take you back from your dream now, bring you back to reality because I'm looking at the time now. We've been on for a while, so it's probably start time to to maybe to wrap up the podcast and the. Yeah, I really want to say thank you very, very much for jumping on with us, and also a big shout out to uh, to everyone who's had a listen to the podcast, to the Just Automated podcast. This podcast will come out on on a weekly basis, so uh, I would really encourage people to uh, to to have a listen and give us some feedback. You know, drop us a message. Myself and Mihai find us on LinkedIn, find us via our via the company website, the contact button, and we'd love to hear your views and if way they can be of assistance or help we'd be more than happy to jump on a, on a on a call with you guys and girls to essentially discuss this this topic so mihai uh, a huge thank you for for jumping on
Thank you. Likewise, likewise, Callum. Thank you so much, and thank you to our listeners for uh, for uh, having been with us so far. And definitely, we're looking forward to to having a continuous dialogue with you. So so drop us your your feedback and everything. We'll be happy to to interact <laughs> with uh, with our uh, our listeners. Yeah, and myself and Mihai actually, we will be at uh, JITX in uh, in Dubai in October. So if anyone's going to be there and has listened to the podcast. Do come over and say hello to us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Pass by our booth. We'll be in the in the comms uh, section of the of the Jitex conference. So so yeah, looking forward to welcome you at our WLA booth. Super. Okay. Thanks very much, Mihai.